right, take your Bible this morning and turn uh, with me, if you will, to the book of 1 John, uh, chapter 3. Um, 1 John, chapter 3. We're going to look at three verses this morning, uh, the first three uh, of this chapter. And I have a, uh, I don't even know what title I gave Carol to put in the bulletin. Yeah, I don't like that title. Um, because as I went on this week and continued to work, uh, um, I realized something about this passage. Uh, that these are uh, what I'm calling three lenses for living. Uh, if you've um, ever, uh, as I look out across the room, many of you, uh, you look at life through lenses all the time. Uh, you, uh, if it wasn't for the lenses, you couldn't see. Uh, that's how you get through the day. If it wasn't for lenses, you'd probably be over there. Uh, some of you would be walking into the wall over there. That, uh, that's what gets you by. Uh, but um, you, you put on uh, sometimes uh, sunglasses. You ever put on those, uh, they, I believe they were called blue blockers several years ago. When you put them on, it just completely changed the color uh, of, uh, of, uh, of uh, the grass looked different. Everything looked different. Uh, can you imagine if uh, you were to put on, say, your regular glasses and then put on uh, maybe a set of those blue blockers on top of that, uh, and then I'll use the other one that, uh, that we hear about you. You know, we, we sometimes it shows up in, uh, in songs and we talk about rose-colored glasses. You know, uh, imagine for a moment if you put on your regular glasses and a pair of those blue blockers and a pair of those rose-colored glasses all at one time, how differently uh, life would look, uh, how odd life would look. Uh, imagine if you take any one of those off, uh, the change it would make. If you, if you didn't look through all three of them, if you just looked through two of them or one of them. And what we're going to look at this morning, uh, I, I think, is something John wrote, and I don't know that John would have necessarily uh, used that terminology, but again, three different lenses uh, that we look at life. Uh, as a believer, uh, that we look at life with all three of these lenses at one time. Uh, never just one of them, but all three of them. Uh, we put on all three sets of these glasses, uh, and we look uh, at every situation. We look uh, at uh, everything good, everything bad, uh, that we look at our work, we look at our family, uh, that all that we do is filtered uh, through these three lenses. And, and again, if you take one of them off, uh, it changes the scene dramatically. Again, just like uh, with uh, my example of regular eyeglasses, blue blockers, and, and I don't get any commission, I don't think, from blue blockers, but if you do, uh, just send it here to the church and Carol will make sure I get it. Uh, anyway, uh, but uh, the blue, you know, if you take any one of those off, how it changes things. And the same is true uh, of the three things that uh, John is going to talk about here. Uh, and so as we begin in this chapter, uh, there's something, I, the first word that is there uh, is, uh, I, want to, I want to sit down just there, uh, there for just a moment uh, and point out this word. Uh, John says, behold, uh, or look, 
or see. Uh, again, that, that word simply tells us that in John's mind, uh, to John, what I'm about to write uh, is extremely important. You, you, we've all done that before. We've been uh, talking to someone. We've been uh, trying to get uh, a point across, and we said to him, look, you know, this is the way it's going to be. You know, look, this is how things work. You know, we've all done something like that uh, in our uh, conversation, whether it be, uh, you know, children or coworkers, whatever. Look uh, at uh, what I am about uh, to say to you. And what John uh, begins to describe is three things. I'm going to tell you up front uh, these three lenses. And you will, uh, again, this is a common uh, description of these three verses. You pick up most any book on, uh, these three cha- on, on these three verses, and this is the answer you will get, uh, that these three verses tell us three things. Here are, <coughs> excuse me, here are those three lenses that I'm talking about. We look at everything through the lens of who we are, who we are. Who we are in Jesus, who we are, uh, is an extremely important lens that we look at life through. Uh, unfortunately, uh, many people have that, that lens is cracked. Uh, that lens, you ever had, you know, I, 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 I gotta tell on myself, I, these are just reading glasses I bought, I don't know, for a couple bucks at the CVS, and uh, I, was, uh, I was thinking, something ain't right. And, you know, I, I was looking, something ain't right. And, and I thought, well, maybe they need cleaning. I got something, and I went to rub them and clean them off. What is on my glasses? And you know, they're little plastic things that, yeah, they put plastic on them to protect them before you buy them. I don't know how long I'd been wearing that little piece of plastic still on them. But it was amazing how much better they worked when I, when I pulled that piece of plastic off. Now, y'all can giggle and point and laugh all you want to, but, I, you know, you've probably been guilty of something about as pitiful. Uh, but, you know, for a lot of people, their lens of who we are still has plastic on it. It's cracked a little bit. Uh, and we're going to talk about that uh, in just a moment. The second lens that he's going to talk about uh, is not only who we are, uh, but who we will be. Uh, extremely important lens that we understand not only who we are now, but who we will be, uh, who God wants us to be uh, as we uh, go forward. And then the third lens is one that, uh, again, all three of these come together uh, to make life clear, who we are, who we will be. And then the third lens he talks about is who we should be. Uh, who we should be. And the, the reason those are all important is because a lot of times when we look at who we are and who we should be, we find out there's a, a vast difference in the two. And, and so uh, we need to bring those two together. So those are the three lenses we're going to talk about uh, this morning. First of all, who we are. We are God's children. We need to understand that. We need to know that. We need to live like that. Uh, we need to, uh, to to govern our life, act that way. Uh, I've, uh, I've, I've used the illustration before uh, here on who we are, uh, that we are children of God. Uh, probably everybody uh, in this room 
uh, probably grew up or went to school uh, with someone uh, from a, a wealthy family. Uh, I can think of uh, several that I uh, grew up with. One's uh, father was a uh, very uh, wealthy, influential car, uh, car dealer, uh, a couple other things like that. Uh, so a lot of times around uh, Kannapolis back in the day, uh, you had big shots like Don in the mill. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you was a big shot, right? Was you just a shot? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, it just, but you know, you, you, you had those people. And you know how they kind of acted? They, they, never, they never forgot and they never let you forget who they were. You know, that they were from, you know, that family, that side of town. We, we need to remember who we are. We are God's children, who we will be. What we, uh, who we will be uh, is conformed to the image of Christ. That's what the Bible tells us. That's what we are to be uh, as, uh, as believers. And then finally, who we, will, who we uh, should be on the basis of those two is because we are God's children, uh, because of who we are, and because of who we uh, should, will be, we understand who we should be. We should be obedient. We should be uh, living a, uh, a, a life according to the principles and the precepts of God's Word. Uh, we should be uh, living according to those, uh, to those uh, principles that God's Word uh, lives uh, and God's Word presents to us that we live those out. And so, uh, excuse <coughs> me. Uh, those are uh, the three lenses uh, that I want to spend some time uh, talking about uh, this morning as we uh, consider uh, what uh, these, uh, how they impact, how they affect our life. First of all, uh, we see in this first verse, uh, this uh, first lens, I'm going to call our privilege. Our privilege. It is our privilege to be a child of God. It is not of our own, not of anything we have done, the Bible says. It's not of works, uh, lest any man should boast. Uh, John says this in verse 1. Uh, he says, Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us. The Father did it. He, he gave us uh, that love, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. And so the first lens John talks about is he says, See, look, behold, what kind of love it is that the Father has given to us. Look what kind of, just look at the great love that God has given us. Just look at the wonderful blessing of being called uh, a child of God. We go through our life, and so many things in our life uh, try to tear us down, uh, try to break us down, try to, uh, to undermine and undercut us, and, uh, and cause us to uh, doubt and question and fear. Uh, sometimes it's uh, our employment, sometimes it's other family members, sometimes it's our own, uh, our own uh, self. We talk to ourselves and, uh, and, and bring ourselves down. Uh, through, well, I, I just can't do anything right. You know, you, you know what I'm talking about. We, you know, I, I, I'm nothing. I, you know, I'll never be nothing. Uh, you know, those kind of faults in our mind. John says, no, no, 
we need to look at life through this first lens of understanding, behold, look how good it is, how amazing it is, the love that God has bestowed on us. I am something. I am, uh, I am worth something because God loved me. Because God loved me enough to send His Son to die for me. We look at life through that lens. That's not an arrogant lens. That's not pride at all. But it's just simply recognizing that we were valuable enough to God, we were important enough to God, that He would send His Son to die for our sin. That He would send His Son. That He would tell us that, that He is going to prepare a place for us, that where we are, uh, where He is, we can be there too. Well, what an amazing thought. John says, consider uh, the great privilege uh, of God's love. And, and when he tells us there, he says that uh, the word that he says there is, is to ponder it. It's to just let that thought roll through your mind. Uh, to take it like you might look uh, at, a, uh, at, a, at a diamond. You take that diamond, you turn it and, and, and you know, upside down, turn it around and look at it from every angle and look at every facet on that diamond. John says, consider all the aspects of the love of God. How it looks. This great privilege of being called the child of God. What, a, what an amazing gift God has bestowed, it says, on us to be called the children of God, to be called one of, part of His family, the, uh, the Creator, Sustainer, the great power of the universe who could speak worlds into existence, who could uh, speak worlds, speak man, speak animals, speak things into existence, also loves me and you. What a great privilege. And we look at life. We're, we're called on by John here to look at life uh, in that way. There, there's no greater privilege on, in, in the universe than to be able to say, I am a child of God. That there's nothing greater that a person could say. You could say I'm a, a millionaire, a gazillionaire. I don't know if gazillions are a real word. You know, I've got a, you know, I've got this big house, I've got this car, I've got this, I've got, you know, I've got a great family. All those things are wonderful, but all of them pale in comparison to be able to say, I am a child of God. John says we always should look at life, look at our circumstances in that way. He, he uses the word there, Father. And that word father obviously tells us that's a family word. You, you know, that's a word that implies family. That we are part of the family of God. Christ says we are joint heirs with Jesus Christ as we go through life. And again, if you lived uh, in, in that time when, when this was being written and you lived in a, uh, in a city that was uh, by the sea. If you lived in a city uh, with the port, uh, you one day, uh, you know, you might be about your business, you might be at home, uh, and all of a sudden it'd be kind of a commotion and a racket. And what would happen was, word would begin to spread through that community uh, that there was a ship coming in to the port. And everybody would run out and look out onto the water and see the ship as it came in. And they could tell uh, by the flag it was flying. They could tell uh, by the way that the, the sails were uh, done, the type of sails, whether or not that was a ship from 
their country, from their town, or if it was a ship coming in from somewhere else. And, uh, you know, you'd hear people uh, asking the question as they looked out, and, and the question would be of what country? They wanted to know where's that ship coming from? Where is, is it from? What new people are, are coming? What will we learn? What new items are they going to bring? What kind of cargo will be on this ship uh, that's coming in? Uh, you know, and, and that's what Jesus is talking about. Uh, John says when he says, what kind of in, in this verse? He's saying, you know, it's, it's, again, it's a, it's a weird word, actually. It only shows up just a couple of times in the entire uh, New Testament. But he's saying, what kind of love is this that God gives us? That as we look at it, it it's a word that simply amazed the disciples. And uh, when, when Jesus calmed the water and they said, what kind of man is this? God says, John says here, when we consider the love of God that He has bestowed on us, we look at it and He says, it is an amazing love. It's a kind of love that, that, we're, uh, that we're unfamiliar with. It's a kind of love that would sacrifice its own Son for our salvation. And He says, as believers, we've got to, we, we must look at life through that lens of what kind of love is this that God has given us. It's an amazing love. Ephesians says this, may, may He be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge. The love of God that He has bestowed on us. Listen, as we think about how that, how that lens affects our day-to-day life. We go through life and we get bad news from the doctor. Yeah, but God still loves me. We go through life and our family turns against us. Yeah, but God still loves me. We go through life and, you know, we... we lose a job. We keep looking through that lens, but God still loves me. That's why that lens is so important to a believer that everything that we look at, everything that we that we go that goes into our brain is filtered through that. The fact that behold, what kind of love God has bestowed on us. That first lens is so important for the believer to never let that slip. John says that love has been given to us that we can be called the children of God. We can be called the child of God. Listen, uh, and I'm not going to bother take the time this morning to give you uh, a language lesson, but the words that are put there together in, in the Greek tell us that that love couldn't be earned. It's nothing that we did on our own. It's nothing that we did to gain that love. It's not a love that we deserve. It's not a love that we earn. It's not a love that we can work for. This love is an absolute gift. It is a gift of God that He reached down from heaven and gave us this love. How many of you know how important it is for a person to feel loved? It's it's extremely important for for a person to, to be loved. God has given us this love and then called us His child. Listen, 
That lens is so important to us as we go through life, that we never forget that, that we never take those glasses off. We, we, yeah. How many of you in here, some of you don't wear glasses, but uh, some of you need to, but you're too vain. Yeah, but, um, you know, uh, well, I see some people looking at one another when I said that. Uh, yeah, but you ever been looking at maybe you're trying to read something and you think, well, that didn't make sense. What do I mean? You know, that, that sentence doesn't make any sense at all. Let me look at that a little clearer. I don't know where I'm not being vain. Uh, you, know, you get them out and you peel the plastic off of them and then you look at them. And you, oh! Yeah. And then words come into focus, they make a lot more sense then, don't they? Yeah. I, I, I've been looking at something and you know, trying to find a street sign or an address. And I, Oh, yeah, that's there it is. That was just kind of like everything changes. Everything takes on a different look when you put on those glasses, don't you? That's what John's talking about. The first thing we do is we put on these glasses. We put on these lenses. And we never forget. We look at everything remembering, I am a child of God. He loved me and made me his child. Then, now I know you may not, you may look a little odd if you put on three pairs of glasses in the real world, but bear with me anyway. We're going to put on our second pair. The second lens uh, that he tells us it is our promise. Look what he says there in the next verse. He says, Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Second, second lens we put on when we look at life is, first of all, the first lens, and it's got to be in this order. You put them on in any other order, they don't work. You know, this won't work that way. You know, it's like uh, some of you wear contacts. If you put the wrong contact in the wrong eye, your bond is bad. You, know, you got to get them in the right order. First one, first lens is, is the privilege of being loved and being a child of God. Second lens, you put on top of that then, is now, not only do we look at things through the love of God, but then we look at things through the promise of God. That he says in that verse, we don't even, we, we, we don't even know, we, we are sons of God, but it does not yet appear what we shall be. You know, we can take and study the promises. We can take and study the Bible. We can read about heaven. We can buy extra books about heaven. If you want one, there's a great book that a man named Randy Alcorn writes, simply called Heaven. And, and it answers, it's written basically in question form. Here's the question about heaven. Here's the answer. Great book. Uh, if you want to study on heaven. And you can read that book. You can read all the scripture. You can listen to people preach about heaven. But the truth is, the Bible says, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard. We do not begin to comprehend what God has promised for us. We do not begin to comprehend what Jesus has gone to prepare. And as we look at life, 
We look at, first of all, that lens that God loved me and made me His child. Second of all, on top of that, then we look through that filter that there is a great promise for every one of His children. He says, we can't even begin. But here's what we do know. He says, we don't know. Uh, We are the sons of God, and it does not yet appear what we shall be. I, you know, I've studied, I've read the scripture, I know the Bible talks about a glorified body, I know it talks about, you know, uh, crystal sea, I know it talks about the angels, I know it talks about being in the presence of God, we sing about seeing Jesus and, and the saints and seeing loved ones, but I gotta be honest with you, my mind just can't get around that altogether. We don't know. But he says we do know that we will be like him. He says, we can have that. We shall see him as he is. How many of you in your mind, you have a picture of Jesus? It's probably based on them bad paintings that hang up everywhere. Yeah. Portraying Jesus as a white guy. Yeah. Well, I mean, just pasty white. You know, so, you know you, you've seen all those paintings. Doesn't be more look Jewish than the man in the moon in most of those paintings most of those renderings, whatever you want to call them. But every one of us in our mind, we close our eyes and we got a picture of Jesus. John says, but here's what we do know. One day, we're going to see as he is. I won't have to imagine anymore. How many of you have an idea in your mind of what heaven must look like? You've imagined heaven You've imagined that reunion day. You've imagined all the, the you, you've thought about it. I can't wait to see this person or that person. I can't wait to, to see this person. We're going to go and we're going to see Jesus. We've got all these imaginations. But John says, that, here's the lens we look through. We know that one day we'll see it in reality. We won't have to imagine anymore. We won't have to guess anymore. Here is the great hope. We start out by talking about looking at things through God's love. The second lens then is this. It's the great hope and the mystery of God's God's love. Because of God's love, we are promised a transformation that believers will go through. There's a lot of scripture that talks about that. Revelation talks about a day with no more tears, no more pain, no more suffering, no more death. I know the Bible says that, but can I tell you the honest truth? I can't even imagine that. I cannot even imagine a day with no more pain and no more suffering. Can you? Can you imagine a day when there are no more tears. You know, I, I believe it with all my heart. But I can't imagine it. But I can hope for it. I can believe it. That's the second lens that we look through. That no matter what comes down the pipe today, no matter how bad, no matter how desperate, no matter how despicable, no matter how horrible things are today, I can look at life through these two lenses, through the fact that none of those things change the fact that God loves me and I am His Son. 
that none of those change the fact that one day he's going to split the eastern skies and he's going to say, come up hither and I'm going to spend eternity with him, transformed, changed, and in the presence of my Savior. See how looking through those lenses changes life? That nothing changes life like looking through the lens, first of all, of the fact that I am a child of God. God loves me. And because He loves me, I have this promise that one day I will be with Him. One day, no more sorrow, no more pain, no more sickness, no more death. We have that promise to live by. We have that promise. If we are God's children, He says, then we have, and we've trusted in Him, then we have this promise. We are the sons of God. And because of that, He says, we can look at life through that lens. We can look at life saying that there's a better day coming. We can look at life, look at the circumstances, look at the issues, look at the problems of life, knowing that there's a better day coming. E.V. Hill. Some of you might know E.V. Hill. E.V. Hill was a rather large African-American forevermore preacher. He had more preaching in his pinky than most preachers have got in their entire body. E.V. Hill was a great, great man of God. Great sense of humor, just an amazing, amazing preacher. But he tells the story that one time he hired a young lady to be his secretary, to work in his office. Didn't know who she was. Um, name was Natalie, and uh, but she was working for him, doing a great job. One day he had somebody, a guest, who came by by his office, and he came in and he says, and the guest said to him, said, Pastor Hills. Do you, do you know who she is? He said, well, yeah, that's my secretary. Her name's Natalie. Yeah, yeah I, I know who she is. That's Natalie. She, that's, that's Natalie Cole. I, I hire her. She, she does my, you know, all my, my secretary work, book work. He says, but, but do you know who Natalie Cole is? He's a little confused. He said, of course I do. She's a really nice young lady. And, uh, what's your point? He says, that's Nat King Cole's daughter. Really? He called her in. And he says to her, says, uh, called her into his office and said, are you, are you really Nat King Cole's daughter? Some of you here are too young to know who Nat King Cole is. Google it. Um, she says, he says, are you really Nat King Cole's daughter? She says, yeah. She says, why didn't you tell me? Says, I, I didn't know I needed to. I didn't know it really mattered. Um, I just wanted a job. said, my daddy, he left me a little something, but I haven't come into it yet. But I haven't come into it yet. It won't be mine until I'm 21. And then I'll come into it. Then I'll come in to my inheritance. See, do you think that Natalie went through her life thinking about a couple things? First of all, do you think she went through life looking at life with the lens I'm Matt King Cole's daughter? It probably crossed her mind a time or two. 
Do you think she went through, as, as she was being a secretary, and there were days that maybe even Hill, maybe he gave her an assignment she didn't like, maybe she didn't want to do. Do you think every now and then she was doing some of that kind of uh, work, and all of us have aspects of our job we don't like, but do you think she was ever doing any of that kind of work and thinking, just a few more years. When I get 21 and I get my inheritance, I won't have to put up with this mess no more. Do you think she looked at life that way a little bit? You know she did. You know that was in the back of her mind at all times. How long till I'm 21? How long till I'm 21? I, one day, I'm going to come into my inheritance. Listen, that's what we're talking about here. As children of God, we go through life looking through that lens. I'm a child of God. And no matter what this day holds, I've got an inheritance I'm coming into. I've got an inheritance I'm coming into. One of these days, I'm going to take that inheritance and all these things are going to go behind me. All these things are going to be passed. We look at life through that lens, through the lens of privilege, through the lens of promise. And then third, we look at life through the lens of potential. Look what he says in verse 3. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you that ye also may have fellowship with us and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. James Boyce, great commentator uh, on Scripture, wrote this. To keep us from floating away on a cloud of mysticism, John reminds us that our future destiny helps us to know our present duty. That our future destiny helps us to know our present duty. If we are to be like Christ in heaven, watch out now, if we are to be like Christ in heaven, then we must act like Christ now. That stings a little bit for a lot of people. We look at life through these three lenses. First of all, God loves me. I'm a child of God. Second of all, I have an inheritance waiting. Third of all, because Christ loves me, because I have an inheritance waiting, then the third lens means I'm going to act like a child of God today. Because he loves me, because I have an inheritance, I'm going to act like I have an inheritance. I'm going to live like there's another, there's a future for me. I'm going to live differently because of the first two lenses. So I said it's important. So there's a lot of people just want to put on that lens that says, I'm going to heaven. I've got an inheritance. No, you can't have an inheritance if you're not first a child of God. If you're going to say, I'm a child of God and I'm going to heaven, then you've got to look at things and you've got to say, I'm going to act like a child of God. I'm going to behave like a child of God. Listen, the great motive of God's love, the great result of God's love is purity. Is that we live like we are a child of God. Some of you in here probably at some point along the way, You've probably said to your child, I don't know, Tom, there's probably a time along the way where you told, man, it's hard to call him little Tommy anymore. Uh, uh, Call the other Tommy, 
or Norman Jean, hey, act like an Anderson. Yeah. Don't embarrass the family. Yeah. We probably said that to our kids somewhere along the way. We've been told that somewhere along the way. I think every now and then God looks down from heaven at the way some people who call themselves believers are acting and said, Hey! You need to act like you're part of the family. I don't know who said it the first time, but said a child of God ought to have a family resemblance. A child of God ought to have a family resemblance. It ought to look like the family. Listen, if we understand the first lens, I'm a child of God, and we believe the second lens, that there is a promise that I have an inheritance of God, then the third lens is almost automatic. I'm going to act like a child of God who has an inheritance. I'm going to act like a child of God who has a future with God. Those three lenses, when we put them all together and we bring them into, uh, brings everything else into focus. Again, you can't just operate with one of them or two of them. This isn't the K and W. You don't get to choose which one. You've got to put them all three on to have clear vision. To see life appropriately. To live life appropriately. To govern your life appropriately. It begins with understanding, I am a child of God. I am loved by an almighty God. I didn't earn it. I didn't deserve it. Nothing of my own, but God loved me. While I was yet a sinner, the Bible says, He loved me. First lens. Second lens. He loves me so much. And his son is busy, even right now, preparing a place for me. And one day, I'm going to be transformed. I'm going to be changed into His likeness. I'm going to walk streets of gold. I'm going to hear the angels sing. I'm going to be able to sit out with Paul and Timothy. I'm going to be able to go by and kneel at his throne. I have that promise. And because of that, I'm going to put on this third lens. And I'm going to live like a person who God loves. I'm going to live like a child of God who has a future. I'm going to live, and I'm going to look at my circumstance through all three lenses. Let's take, again, just one last example. I'm going to go back to E.D. Hill's secretary. Say he would have, I don't know what I'm just, say he would have told her to go scrub the toilets and clean the bathroom. She puts on the first lens, and she says, I may have to clean the bathroom and scrub the toilets. But I'm still a child of God. Even scrubbing toilets. Even mopping the bathroom floor. I'm still a child of God. And if Jesus comes right now, that second lens, I'm going to leave here and leave this brush and this mop right here, and I'm going to go up and I'm going to be with my Father for eternity. Third lens. While I'm scrubbing this toilet, while I'm cleaning this bathroom, I'm going to be singing, Oh, how I love Jesus. I'm not going to smart talk. I'm not going to gripe. I'm not going to go to Mr. Hill and tell him that's a dirty job. I don't want to do it. 
I'm going to serve. I'm going to represent Jesus Christ no matter where I go. That's what happens when you put all three lenses on. It'll change your life. It'll change your perspective. It'll change how you see things in your everyday life. Our musicians are going to come. I want to ask you to bow your head for just a moment. And this morning, our audience here is made up largely of people, largely of those who would say, I am the child of God. You have no problem with that first lens. It is made up of people who would largely say, I know that one day I'm going to spend eternity with Christ in heaven. We, have not, we don't have a lot of problem with that second lens. But that third lens, this is I'm going to live obediently. I'm going to live justly. I'm going to live a pure life. I'm going to live according to the principles and the precepts of God's word, no matter what circumstance I find myself in. That third lens can be a little more difficult to put on. You hear this morning, you say, I need my perspective to be changed. You'd be honest this morning and say, I need to learn to look at life through those three lenses. I need to learn to look at life remembering that I am a child of God. I have a promise of an eternity with God. And I have a responsibility to serve Him diligently until that day. I want to invite you to come and kneel and say, Lord, help me to look at life that way. But quite likely there's enough people here this morning, enough joining us online, that there's somebody here, somebody joining us online, you've never put on that first lens. You've never become a child of God. God's shown you that love. He sent His Son to die for you. But the truth is you've never asked Jesus Christ to come into your heart. You've never been saved. Oh, obviously you're in church this morning or you took the time to log in and watch online. All that's good, but the truth is you don't know Jesus Christ personally. I want to invite you this morning, if you're in this room, to come. Let us show you how you can be saved, how you can know Him, how you can begin to look at life through that lens of I am a child of God. Look how great the love is that God has given us. Will you pick up that free gift that God has given? You're online? Call, send us an email, reach out, make a comment, something. Let me know you'd like to talk. I'd love to be able to show you how you can know Christ personally. How you can put on that first lens of knowing I am a child of God. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. And God, there are a lot of things in our life, a lot of things in our world that cloud our vision. Now, a lot of us are going through life, still got the plastic coating on our glasses. God, I pray this morning that you'd help us put on these three lenses, remembering that we are your child. 
that you gave us an unearned, undeserved gift of your love. God, that because of that, we have a promise of eternity with you. And in the meantime, we're going to serve you. God, help us to see life with those three lenses. And we'll give you the honor for what you do, the changes you make in hearts and lives today. It's in Jesus' precious name I pray. In your happy son.